Nikita Ohotuk is back, and he's ready to bring some energy on our blue line. And also, are the New Jersey Devils frauds? Did they have an easy schedule? And speaking of schedule, what can we expect these next four games for the Devils? We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. Elias scores! Oh, Steven stepped up, nailed him. Rodora's got the puck. What a shot. The Devils win the Stanley Cup! All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked on Devils podcast here on the Locked on Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, and also Devils driver for Pucks Pitch Force, Trey Matthews. So we talked about this player briefly in the previous episode, and it's been revealed that Nikita Ohotuk will be called up to the New Jersey Devils organization, and Nathan Bastian has been placed on the injured reserve list. Now, before we talk about Nikita Ohotuk and what I anticipate from him, let's talk about Nathan Bastian and his injury situation momentarily. So you're probably wondering, and I saw this uh, lingering around on Twitter, What's the difference between the injured reserve list and the LTIR? So Alex Shavansi said the LTIR would mean that Nathan Bastian is out hypothetically at least 10 NHL games and 24 days of the NHL season. And doing some more research, when you look at the injured reserve list, a player with an injury that prevents him from playing in at least seven days from the date injury was incurred can be placed on the team's injured reserve list. So once a player is placed on the IR list, the team may replace that said player on its NHL roster with a player from the minors. So that's a situation for Nathan Bastian, but it doesn't mean that Nathan Bastian is going to be back anytime soon. This is more of just a pawn move for the New Jersey Devils. So I, I think the plan for Nikita Ohotuk is to replace Ryan Graves, who got injured in the previous game against the Florida Panthers, and also John Marino, who missed the last game due to an injury that he sustained during the Carolina Hurricanes uh, game. Now, here's the thing. I don't know uh, what the update is on John Marino. I think he is day-to-day, and we don't have an, an update on Ryan Graves quite yet because at the time of this recording, the Devils did have an off day. So I'm, I'm sure Lindy Ruff will be asked about it during morning skate when the Devils lace up to prepare to play the Boston Bruins. So I'll keep you guys updated on my Twitter page. So that's a situation. So Ryan Graves is right now uh, questionable. And John Marino missed the last game, as we all know. So I think bringing up Nikita Holtuk is just to replace one or one of those players. Now, here are my expectations for Nikita Holtuk. I know he's young, but I'm expecting a huge impact from him. But not in the way I think most of you are anticipating. So in 17 game appearances for the Utica Comets, he has two goals, four assists for a grand total of six points, and he has a plus minus of negative one. Last season with the Utica Comets, he appeared in 63 games. He had three goals, nine assists for a grand total of 12 points, and he had a plus minus of an impressive plus 10. And remember, he was able to have a cup of coffee last year in the NHL with the Devils. So he appeared in five games. He had one goal, one assist for a grand total of two points and a plus minus of negative two. Now, here's the thing for Nikita Ohotuk. We're not expecting any offensive production from him in that sort of way because that's not his strength. So one thing I'm expecting from Nikita Ohotuk is that I want him to be that spark plug on the defensive side of things for the Devils because remember in the previous episode, I talked about what was the momentum shifter for the Devils. It was Eric Halla getting into a fight with Lundell, and then moments later, 
Jesper Bratt scores on the power play. So that's what I want to see on the defensive side things for the Devils because we have all these big guys, but yet none of them are quote-unquote enforcers. But we've been seeing the highlight reels of Nikita Ohotuk just make their way on Twitter. We see him getting into scuffles. We saw him get into a big fight with Casey Fitzgerald last season. And remember, Casey Fitzgerald is the son of general manager Tom Fitzgerald. So the, the fact that Ohotuk just beat the crap out of Fitzgerald's son is pretty ironic. But still, uh, we, we just see Ohotuk. He's not afraid to take any prisoners. He's not afraid to just uh, use his... Uh, big frame to his advantage and it's something that my buddy Jersey Joe has been talking about which is the Sasquatch squad and Nikita Ohotuk he's a big guy who can definitely just be that sort of uh, big towering body on the Devils organization but at the same time someone who is not afraid to get his hands dirty because one of the things that we've been talking about and this goes back to yesterday's episode as well uh, when Nico Keisher was uh, being targeted by Matthew Kachuk and other Florida Panthers players we felt as though that Keisher's uh, teammates weren't really sticking up for him. And it's just like the Devils in general, they just don't fight because uh, one, one of the issues that a lot of people have is that the Devils are just a bunch of small players, very skilled players, but small players. And the guys who are big, they just don't really want to fight. But Nikita Ohotuk, he is going to fight. So I know he's young, and I know that I'm trying to keep my expectations for him somewhat moderate, but I think he can provide something unique that a lot of our other defensemen don't bring to the table. So I want Nikita Ohotuk, in terms of defensemen, to be that spark plug. I want him to get into those fights. I want him to just uh, not be afraid to just uh, use his weight to his advantage. That's what I want to see from Nikita Ohotuk, because I think that sort of energy and that sort of spark plug has been missing on the defensive side of things for the devil. So, yeah, we get skilled people like Dougie Hamilton. We get silent but deadly impact in Ryan Graves. We get uh, John Marino, who is also a pretty decent ad for Devils. But at the same time, I think Nikita Ohotuk, he just provides something a little unique. He provides something a little different. So I think Devil fans should be somewhat enthusiastic for uh, Nikita Ohotuk and what he can bring. Now, like I said, keep the expectations moderate. But I'm excited to see what he could do at the NHL level once again because he was able to have somewhat of a – a uh, decent impact when he was given a few NHL game opportunities. And uh, going into the season, we were talking about, could a took make the opening night roster for the Devils? And I said, unfortunately, this is where politics come into play because I think he was competing for the final defensive position because, remember, we got Dougie Hamilton, we got Siegenthaler, we got Graves, we got Severson, we got Smith. So, uh, most of the defensive positions were already taken. And then Kevin Ball, just based on what he was doing during the course of preseason, was given that extra defenseman uh, position. And Kevin Ball hasn't really been given that many opportunities, but he's starting to get him now due to the injuries that's been going on. But uh, Nikito Hotuk, he is the real deal, guys. And I think people should be very excited. And I got my wish. And I think a lot of you got your wishes as well, which is we want to see just more grit. We want to see more fight. We want to see more passion from the Devils organization because, quite honestly, we cannot keep uh, uh, just getting pushed around like this because as the season progresses, as the Devils remain atop of the NHL standings, you're going to have players like Matthew Kachuk. You're going to have players that are similar to the Florida Panthers that are going to be gunning for our top guys and Nico Keisher, Jesper Bratt, or Jack Hughes. So you need that one player to just uh, be that enforcer, be that person who's not afraid to – uh, just uh, take any prisoners in that regard. So 
a couple examples I brought up were Cam Jensen or someone like Curtis Gabriel. And I've had both of them on my show. And remember what Cam Jensen said when he appeared on um, the show for my 500th episode, despite Bryce Salvador being the leader and being the captain of the team, despite Patrick Eliash, Marty Brodeur, uh, Kovalchuk also being on that Stanley Cup finals team for the Devils. They were relying on Cam Jensen to be the energizer. They were relying on Cam Jensen to get everybody hyped up in the locker room. They were relying on him to like pick the music, whatever the case might be. So uh, being a spark plug does go a long way, especially if you're trying to compete for something special like the Devils are. So in that case, I expect that from Nikita Oholtuk. So like I do with any slow news day for the Devils, I try to search Twitter for some questions in regards to the organization, and I try to answer them on the show if I find them compelling enough. So I found this one tweet, and it comes from someone named Erndog, at Erndog44, and this person asks, the New Jersey Devils have lost six in a row. This was prior to uh, their win against Florida Panthers in yesterday's matchup. Apparently, they have had an easy schedule to start, too. Frauds? Gotta ask, so are the New Jersey Devils frauds? Are Was this just a fake win streak, whatever the case might be? And the answer is an absolute resounding no. The New Jersey Devils are not frauds, guys. They just hit a cold slump. So last year for the Colorado Avalanche, let me give you this example. To close out the season, the Avalanche's final seven games, they had one win in regulation, they had one win in a shootout, and the rest were losses. So they had five losses to close out the rest of their season. And I think it was at one point a four-game losing streak. And what happened to the Colorado Avalanche? They became the Stanley Cup champions. So the New Jersey Devils are not frauds. They just hit a, a rough patch, and every team goes through that. Every team goes through some adversity. And I even projected for it to happen uh, a few weeks ago. I said at one point or another, the Devils are going to go on a losing streak. And it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, because – one of the things I said at the beginning of the season, their style of hockey, you can't play that throughout the entire 82-game season. You're going to tire yourself out. So I know a lot of people uh, are a little disappointed of what the Devils have been doing the last uh, couple weeks or so, but and rightfully so. You should be frustrated. But let's look at some of their previous losses, shall we? So their first game of this lengthy six-game winless streak came at the hands of the New York Islanders when they lost 6-4. to four. Now, I was in the Prudential Center for that game, and here's what I saw from the Devils. They had a lot of good offense, but unfortunately, they couldn't make any saves. And uh, Jack Hughes, also that game, he played the longest shift in NHL history. So you saw the effort from the Devils, but unfortunately, they put themselves behind the eight ball a little too early, going down big to the Islanders early on in the game. They tried to amount the comeback, but unfortunately, you can't trail the entirety of the game and expect to come away with the win. That's not how that works. And then in the next game against the New York Rangers on the road, the Devils once again blew a 3-1 to lead, and that game went into OT. So the, the Devils were on track to win that game. Unfortunately, like I said, they just blew a lead. Or that game against the Dallas Stars, with which they lost 4-1. to are, are people forgetting that two of the four goals scored by the Dallas Stars that game, so half of their goals were empty netter goals. So the scoreboard doesn't do it justice. So I'm sure people are going to be like, oh, the Devils got blown out if they're just scoreboard watching. No. Two of those goals were empty netter goals. And then that game against the Philadelphia Flyers, we know what happened, which was Damon Severson had a blunder. That game against the Florida Panthers, really no excuses. And the main storyline, once again, was what happened between Keisha and Barkov on that faceoff. And like I said, I don't think Keisha's a dirty player. And I think it was just a complete overreaction on the Florida Panthers end. And now uh, that game against the Carolina Hurricanes, 
Remember, the Devils passed the eye test, but unfortunately they weren't able to come away with the victory because they made uh, minuscule mistakes that the Carolina Hurricanes were able to capitalize on. So one of the things I talked about was like, if the Devils are going to make mistakes, you got to uh, make sure you don't do it against the wrong team. And unfortunately, they did it against the wrong team in the Carolina Hurricanes because going into that matchup, the Hurricanes were on a five-game win streak. And now this game against the Florida Panthers, hopefully this is a game that snaps them back to reality because you saw the New Jersey Devils, they didn't give up, and they were playing hard. Despite trailing in the game not once but twice, I saw fight back in the New Jersey Devils. I saw a never-give-up attitude. I saw Mackenzie Blackwood coming up big. Jesper Bratt came up big. And remember, Jesper Bratt was also on a cold streak. And then you you just saw the overall teamwork from the Devils as the game progressed. And they, they already went into that game without John Marino. They lost Ryan Graves early. So basically, they were running with uh, five defensemen out there. But yet, at the same time, they were able to uh, just – muscle through it and also remember Dougie Hamilton he got a little dinged up that game as well but fortunately he was able to return so I don't think the New Jersey Devils are frauds whatsoever it's just that they hit a cold streak and that that happens in this league that happens in any league in general so 13 game win streaks don't just happen guys because here's the thing they tied for the fifth longest uh win streak in NHL history so if you're gonna sit here and just say that that win streak was a fluke that's just completely an utter ignorance on your end because a 13-game win streak is not a fluke for any team. If that was the case, then why aren't more teams going on a win streak? Why is it just the Devils? Because I believe they are still a very legitimate team. And they got some of their wins against uh, some very good NHL teams, including the Toronto Maple Leafs were a good example, or the Edmonton Oilers because they have one of the best players to ever play the game. Or uh, prior to that, uh, they they did uh, lose against the Washington Capitals, but they were on a mini three-game win streak, and they were, yes, they were winning the games that they were supposed to win, so against teams like the Arizona Coyotes or the Ottawa Senators, whatever the case might be, but uh, my, my thing is, like, if the, if that's the case, if the Devils are a fraud, if the Devils uh, had an easy road, or, I'm sure they're not the only team to have a quote-unquote easy schedule. So why aren't more teams going on a lengthy win streak? So last year, the President Trophy winners, the Florida Panthers, they went on a 13-game win streak. So what, why aren't they doing it this year again? Or I, I know it's a little bit of a different team, but still. So my, my overall point is like you can't exonerate a 13-game win streak. And before they were winning uh, 13 games, they were actually uh, putting up somewhat of a respectable season to begin the year. And also, can I keep it? Can we keep in mind that one of their wins came against the reigning Stanley Cup champions in the Colorado Avalanche? I know they were dealing with injuries, but still, reigning champions. So just putting that out there. So uh, for this person asking, are the Devils frauds? No. Did they exceed expectations? Yes, definitely. And no one anticipated for them to be in this situation. And were they just like uh, above their weight class in this sort of uh, regard? Yes, absolutely. I'm not going to deny that. I'm not going to act like I anticipate for the Devils to go on this uh, lengthy win streak. But at the same time, it just shows that their progress has come in more ways than one. It goes to show you that uh, that they've come a long way as a team because what's been driving this team, uh, it's been Jack Hughes, Jesper Bratt, and also Nico Heischer, our captain. And then for the goaltending side of things, you got Vitek Vancek stepping up his game, Akira Schmidt stepping up his game, and hopefully we could see the same thing from Mackenzie Blackwood because Mackenzie Blackwood got off to a good start, got hurt, but let's see if he can rebound from that. So uh, to answer that person's question, no, the Devils are not frauds. They've just hit a cold streak, and 
Uh, yes, they've had a complete collapse in the month of December, but luckily they're still only second in the Metropolitan Division because they built up that comfortable point cushion. Now, before we close out today's show, I want to get serious with you guys momentarily. So did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell. Your coworkers can tell. Even your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. So let me ask you something. What makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? They're not stupid. Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're you're uh, fine to drive when you're high, you're not because the bottom line is if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI, paid for by the NHTSA. And now... The second live read this morning comes from our friends at BetOnline. Win some extra cash this holiday season. So BetOnline.net is your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest eyes and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup, they got it all for you at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest, easy way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. Okay, so let's talk about expectations going forward for the New Jersey Devils because we've already talked about like what, what I was anticipating going into this um, tough scheduling, but let's talk about like what do I expect from them from here on out. So once again, I talked about how I hope that this is just a wake-up call for them. I hope that they've snacked back to reality. But the truth of the matter is they're not out of the woods yet. you got to play the Boston Bruins twice. Then you got to play the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then you got to play the Carolina Hurricanes before you play teams like the Detroit Red Wings and the St. Louis Blues. So that could be a little easier for the Devils in that regards. But like Lindy Ruff said, and like some of you always remind me, no win is ever a guaranteed win. Uh, in, in any sport. So when looking at these next two games for Boston Bruins, I think it's imperative that the Devils try to find a way to split that series because they got to play the Boston Bruins on the 23rd, then they got to play them again on the 28th. So find a way to split those two matchups because you need to rack up as many points as you can because you can't lose to the Boston Bruins twice, then lose to the Pittsburgh Penguins, and then the Carolina Hurricanes. So here are some scenarios that I want to see from the Devils. Okay, so when we're looking at the Boston Bruins, I just said, split it. And then for the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Carolina Hurricanes, you also want to split one of those games. Now, we haven't played the Pittsburgh Penguins yet this season, so I don't know how well we match up against them. But it's worth mentioning that the Pittsburgh Penguins, they got off to a slow start to the season, but they've been able to rebound quite nicely. And they are chugging up ahead the Metropolitan Division. And quite honestly, if the Devils lose these next two games against the Boston Bruins, then, then Pittsburgh Penguins are going to move to second in the Metro. And uh, I know the Devils have built up some nice points this season, but you can't just keep relying on that. You really got to step up your game right now. So if, if they lose these next two games against the Boston Bruins, then, then these games against the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Carolina Hurricanes are a must win. Because if the Devils go on a four-game losing streak, or even if they just send it to OT and lose it in OT, that's a problem. That's a huge problem. Because remember, guys, uh, like I said, like we, we saw the New York Islanders. They've taken a huge hit 
when it comes to the NHL standings in general, not just the Metro standings, but the NHL standings in general. I believe when we're looking at like the Sweet 16 standings in the NHL, I believe the New York Islanders have dropped 13 positions. And earlier this month, they were like second in the Metro or third. And just look what's been going on. The Metro is very tight. So there's really no room for error. So I'm glad that the Devils got this win against the Florida Panthers. You got to keep playing with that chippiness. You got to keep playing with that edge. You got to bring that energy. And that's why I'm glad that we have Nikita Holtuk because maybe he could be that spark plug for the Devils going forward. I'm not trying to put too much pressure on the kid, but I'm excited to see what he could potentially do for the Devils as we approach these next two games against the Boston Bruins. So if I had to guess, I think the Devils' best chance of beating the Bruins is uh, tonight, <laughs> quite honestly, because it's just like you already have the momentum, then you got to go to the Christmas break, and they might come back from the Christmas break uh, a little rusty, whatever the case might be. So you might want to do it while your momentum is still hot. So I always say strike while the iron is hot and go from there. So those are my, those are my overall predictions for the Devils, or those are my overall scenarios. So try to split against the Boston Bruins and then against the Carolina Hurricanes and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Try to do the same thing, uh, but <laughs> try to win as many as you can because you can't just rely on beating the St. Louis Blues or the Detroit Red Wings to try to get you back into it. So that's my overall thing for the Devils. And so for these next four games, try to win at least two in any scenario. So if you can't beat the Boston Bruins twice, beat the Carolina Hurricanes or the Pittsburgh Penguins or split against the Boston Bruins and come away with a win against the Hurricanes or the Penguins, whatever the case might be. So that's my, I guess, moderate uh, scenario for the Devils. So uh, best case scenario would obviously to win all four, but given how they've been playing the month of December, not really going to bank on it. Try, like I said, trying to keep my expectations somewhat realistic and moderate. So let me know what you guys think in the comment section. And uh, like I said in the previous episode, I'm going to be at the Prudential Center for both both of these Boston Bruins matchups. So I'll be up in the press box. So uh, if you see me at the Rock, don't be afraid to come up and say hi. And uh, maybe I'll uh, actually go to American Whiskey uh, before the game to meet up with James Nichols and Ryan Novozinski. And I think the Brat Pack will also be there. So haven't decided yet, but uh, as for today's episode, that's the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.